You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenchurch.com. And, uh, you know, let me, let me just really, really quickly, in case you're new or in case this is a, a different experience, um, well, you know, can they really be that optimistic? Wow, is this just like a hyper-faith kind of thing, like... When are they going to actually acknowledge the real world around about them? You know, if, that, if that's kind of your... Uh, if I want to get depressed, I'll just turn on CNN. Right. Yeah. If I, I want to get depressed... There's options. I'll read, I'll read yeah. the New York Times. It's interesting. Jesus, in the very, very first chapter of, uh, of Acts, the disciples said, Hey, are you going to restore the kingdoms to Israel? Is like this all. And he's like, Hey, it's not for you to know the times or seasons, but you shall receive power. I want you to wait in Jerusalem till you receive power. And there's 168 hours in a week. And when you come to the house of God, it should, be, it should become evident that, my God, what happened? Well, I started going down to the house of God where I got power. And things that used to overwhelm me, and hope, the power in me. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And so... That's just uh, the, the first thing. So I loved, you know, just the, the praise and the worship. Can we yeah. give the, the great, great team? I- incredible. Absolutely incredible. Amazing. And then the second piece of housekeeping is I was feeling really, really positive, really ex- encouraged. And then I looked and I saw Dr. Brian Ricewick, who is the master of... This is Dr. Brian Ricewick. He is one of the greatest... Yes. Therapists, marriage counselors, yeah. psychologists. He is a genius. So I'm yeah. feeling a little bit nervous yeah. being in the presence of greatness. But uh, uh, so, you're so awesome. So please, anything that we say that he disagrees with, go straight to him. Uh, he can he can kind of mop it up. But so honored to have you here, Dr. Well, Brian. Well, it's real. I'm nervous to like get a text after and go, hey, why don't you see me on Monday? You know what yeah, I mean? that's like, right. Darn it. I've cleared my day. <laughs> I just got an opening. That's yeah. weird. Actually, your wife texted me and said, yeah. So we are kicking off this family series. The future is family, right? Woo-hoo! And uh, I'm so excited. What, what a fun way to uh, kick this off. And honestly, I, I don't know how many other campuses are going to be able to both be free at the same time on a Sunday. I don't know. So yeah. this is an exclusive, y'all. Okay, yeah, we're getting is. the exclusive interview right here and so we're really excited to jump into this we're gonna hit a few different topics we're gonna kind of see where the lord leads and honestly both services are probably going to be their own q a interview yeah. so feel free to come back to round two if you like yeah. um but let is was there a verse you want to jump off with or we had a first question we want to get started yeah with? well you know okay. proverbs six twenty says you know my son do not forsake the commands of your father or the instructions of your mother yeah and so even again, you'll see that uh, at Awaken, it, you'll see men preaching and you'll see women preaching, which again is almost like an anathema to a lot of churches. Women shouldn't preach, shouldn't have authority over me. So every woman that stands on this platform and teaches is under my authority. Right. So they're, they're not exercising authority over, they're under our authority. And we've realized that just like Proverbs 6.20 says that there's instruction or commands from a father and instructions of a mother that make a healthy human being in the same way 
a, a mama's voice and a papa's voice make a healthy family. Yes. A mama's voice and a papa's voice. We need both. We need both in the church. And so I just thank God that we empower women. I mean, when Pastor Katie got up this morning, my God, you know, lit the place. That offering message, my goodness yes. gracious. So you could travel the land and not hear something like that. When, when you see beautiful Kat Sullivan yeah. talking yes. about <laughs> the garage door being broken, yeah. and the, the, but through our God, and uh, just magnificent. So, and we see it again and again and yeah. again. So, uh, you know, God made the male and female. He didn't regret. It wasn't like an afterthought. God saved his greatest work for last. He kind of got right. things right with Adam and then perfection in the woman. Come on, somebody say amen. <laughs> well... <laughs> Will Dillon, that's an amen moment right that's there. That's an amen. Will Dillon's flanked by his beautiful bride and his mother-in-law, so he better be cheering loud. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, that's all I wanted to... I love it. So, so, so important family, and I think in today's culture and reality, there's such an attack on that, which is I think yeah. we want to kind of begin and lean in there. Yeah, so we're going to start off question number one for you, Pastor Leanne. So question number one is Hillary Clinton, the Democratic Party, and the feminist movement declared... I know, first question, right? Sorry. So good. And the feminist movement declared back in 2016 that the future is female. Yeah. But you, Pastor Leanne, you immediately came out and declared that this was not empowering to women and that the future is family, not just female. So why, as a woman, did you do that? Well, I I straight away, well, look at the source to start with. Well. Hillary Clinton, (laughs) a.k.a. Jezebel. But... I think even more than that, to, it, was, it was funny to me because I saw a lot of Christian women jump on board with it. Yes. And that was so alarming. And I think the minute we echo the hashtags of the world, have we lost our prophetic edge as the church? But I, it didn't sit right. And I always, I always wait before I jump on the bandwagon of, wagon of something. I want to see, first of all, what's the fruit of this? And when I looked at the fruit, all I could see was division because it's not meant to be the future is female or is it meant to be the future is male? It's together. The future is family. And so I wanted to counteract that lie with the truth because if we let a lie linger and don't contest it, it gets a greater platform. And we saw that happen and actually the fruit of that saying, we have seen echo throughout our earth and now we, you know, we're living in a bit of a harvest of it because there weren't enough Christian leaders who contested it. But I would say this, it, to me, the future is female was at, at best a severe pendulum swing. Sure. So were there times in our history or definitely in church life where the, the woman was undervalued and, and subjugated right. and not treated rightly? Yes, there was. Yeah. But the solution is not to toss men out right. and, and make women the superior race. It's rather... You know, the Holy Spirit works that way. This way, He brings order where there is chaos or out of balance. And so I saw this massive swing another way. And I'm thinking, the fruit we get from this tree is not going to be good fruit. So instead of teaching, come on, I am woman, hear me roar, let's talk about what a healthy, balanced relationship looks like. Let's talk about how how a man should treat a woman and how a a woman should be cherished and valued. All those things are very, very important. But the solution isn't we are now superior beings as females. This is terrible and has only created a greater level of division. So so I see the fruit of that statement as something that we are now having to 
actively hack away at and now plant different seed. And that is bringing... Uh, that is bringing wholesome, godly, righteous teaching into what it means to be a great wife, a great husband, build a great family. So we've got to resist that pendulum swing. And we're us humans, we're shocking at it. (laughs) We are. And we have to find that balance as God intended. God created family. A healthy family is... uh, the place where everything virtuous grows in a society and, and, and in the generations. Incredible. I love that. So good. Um, I, love, I love the point you just made about fruit. How's it working out? Where's this ideology going to go? I just think that's an important note for all of us. And every ideology that kind of yes. comes at us from culture and specifically in this realm of family, yeah. parenting, marriage, friendships, we have to ask ourselves, are, do we like the fruit or look at where is the source of this coming from? Most yes. oftentimes it's from dysfunctional people who are not enjoying their life anyways. And now they're going to spit out some philosophies and that want to rip people down. if I can add, who was one of the greatest, if not the greatest advocate of the slaughter of female babies in utero. So the future is female. Oh, really, Mrs. Clinton? I think not. When you're advocating for the, the slaughter of, of women in the womb. So I'm not buying what you're selling. I'm not buying what you're selling. I'm not allowing that fruit to, fruit to spread. Yeah, you know, if I was to, to weigh in on that, the, the, one of the fruits, and Jesus always says, you know, judge a tree by the fruit, but we are so bombarded with our... Uh, uh, auditory senses with what we see, information overload that we hear and believe because we were created to hear and believe. The Bible says, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. And so Jesus actually had to put a caveat in there. And he says, listen, don't believe everything you hear. Judge every, fo-. you know, there are false teachers, false prophets, both of them teaching, speaking. He says, judge every tree by the fruit. Before you get right. on the bandwagon, before you hashtag something, before you post something, have a look at the the fruit of that movement. And the, the future is female, what it, what it has already done. And this was the intention. It was satanic in origin. It, it didn't come from God. It came from the devil. Because what it did was it de- demasculated men or emasculated men. Right. It, it took away the strength of men. It, it said that, you know, you, you would have heard the words toxic masculinity. Yes. And, uh, and so they said that any time a man was strong, that was toxic right. masculinity. Yeah. And so men, men lost their way and began to move back. Well, the man is the covering. Yes. Uh, There's meant to be a strength that a man provides in the leadership in the home that allows his wife to thrive, that allows her to rise. The Bible says that Moses was more meek than any man. The problem with the church is we religiousize things down to, you know, our own dysfunctions which we're not meant to do. And so we, we confuse meekness with weakness. Right. But meek is strength under control. Right. Yep. Meek yep. is strength under control. So and so, so it's not the removal of strength. It's the bringing 
of vision, of purpose and direction of strength. My, the strength in my home doesn't need to diminish for Leanne to thrive. Right. The, the, in my home, my strength, in, in fact, if anything, she puts strength in me. She puts courage in me to lead because my strength has a vision and the purpose to create an atmosphere of security where she feels safe, she feels comfortable, she feels empowered to rise to another level. And um, that's, that's the fruit of the future is female that is so evil. You know, uh, staying kind of in this vein of like male, female type of roles a little bit, that can create some fun and dicey uh, conversations. Because yeah. uh, there are uniquenesses. Not every yeah. couple's built the same. Not every, you know, man and woman kind of combo is, yeah. have, has the same style of preferences yeah. or interests. Yeah. So there can be stereotypical, and then there's people who are outside of that. But let's talk a little bit about that kind of what what do men what should men be bringing to relationship? What should they bring, be bringing to marriage? What should women be kind of bringing to that space? And maybe where where are we kind of where are we getting where are we receiving the wrong messages from culture and sort of believing lies yeah, or wow. adopting that? Well, I would amen what what Jürgen said about how not just that future is female slogan working to take the strength out of men, but if you look at culture, if you look at a lot of the shows that our kids are watching, the man is put forward as some bumbling idiot. Right. Some, somehow he's managed to provide a, a great home and a sweet lifestyle for his children, but he can barely string a sentence together. He's, he's, he's ignorant. He's kind of like the joke of the family, and we can all kind of laugh at it, it's funny, but it's a subtle seed sown by the enemy right. to once more extract the strength from the family. Right. Wow. Because the devil knows if he can get the family, yeah. he can break down a society, he can right. break down a society, he can right. break down a nation. That's it. So I think we need to be careful on that end. And Jürgen and I used to notice it in a lot of the Disney uh, shows and movies and Nickelodeon, just like this very subtle messaging, men are idiots. Right. And the women would walk in with their power suitcases and they were the lawyers and the doctors and had it all going on. And it was just this very subtle but destructive messaging that was sent out there. And the, the devil is so crafty. So we can't underestimate on that end, even what our children are watching, what we're allowing them to absorb. Yes. And the narrative that they'll build in their own head if we let the world decide how they think and feel. Yeah, yeah, really good. So, yeah. 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 But what does a man yeah. bring? You know, um, th we're married 30 years this August. Yeah. 30 years. Come on. 30 years of bliss for me. 27 years of heavy lifting for poor old Pastor Leanne, so make sure you pray for her. Only when he's driving. That's the only time. He drives at warp speed. Oh, dear speed. Jesus. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, it's amazing that uh, I wish I had a Dr. Brian Ricewig in my, my world before yeah. we got married. Our marriage counselling was literally one week. It was one session with our youth pastor. And, uh, and he said, you're getting married August 15, don't have sex till then. <laughs> Thank, thanks for that. That was it. That was, thanks for oh, that help. Okay, that, that'll set us up for life. And, uh, but um, one, one of the biggest lessons that I, that I learned was for years, um, I saw my, my, my bride, my spouse, uh, in a competitive eyes. 
you know, she didn't do things the way that I did them. And oh, I can't believe you're directionally challenged. Hello. Like, and I, and I used my strengths to belittle. And then, you know, the Holy Spirit is so beautiful and he's so patient. And, you know, I think it was about 20 years in, so about 10 years ago, he's just said, Jürgen, you know, I made you opposites. I'm like, I know, I know, but, you know, I'm working, I'm pointing out all of her. And he's like, no, no, no. Oh. He's like, no, no, even if you were, when you were dating, you found all the things that you connected on, related on, oh my God, you like romantic movies. You like walks on the beach. You, you like sunsets. You know, you like, you know, when you're dating, you find all the things in common. He said, as soon as you got married, I, the Holy Spirit, went to work to make you opposites. Wow. He said, because... If you look at the, the, you know, the beautiful Bay Bridge in, in San Francisco, that you'll see steel wires yeah. and they're high tensile wires so that it can handle the heaviest of winds. It's, it's even earthquake proof. In the concrete is you know, high tensile steel. And tension is two forces pulling in opposite directions. If you're, if you're putting up a tent, you, you have a rope pulling this way that's taut and you have a rope pulling that way that's taut. And the more tension, the greater the strength of that house. Right. And so the Holy Spirit began to, to deal with me and he says, you need to see every area where your wife is not strong, it's okay because I've made you strong there. Stop competing, see her as your compliment. Because every area where you're a jack wagon and as soon as I got the splint, uh, the log out of my eye, I began to see clearly the tiny little splinters and I'm like, oh, compared to my log? It's not. And so, so as soon as I began to see that and then I began to see rather than compete and I think that's one of the biggest deals in marriages. We fight and we're competing with one another. We're comparing. The Bible says we're not wise when we compare yeah. you know, each yes. other right. and look at it yes. but rather see, see the, the compliment. And so she is so you know, wonderful, so organized. I remember coming home pumped one time because I bought these brand new pair of jeans. I couldn't wait to preach them, Dr. Brian. They were, they were navy blue with orange flames on them. Lol. She just smiled. But two days later, I'm noticing in the, the stuff that's going into the trash, I could just see some blue denim with orange flames. I had to save him from himself, everybody. <laughs> like, I had to save him I'm from like, from babe, himself. what have you got against jeans with orange flames? Uh, that's not the only mistake I've made, Samuel. What? What's There's that been one? more than one. Some gifts, maybe. Maybe, yeah. You were just telling us last week of a funny story. I feel like it's worth sharing because maybe not everybody's heard it. Should we? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you know, you know, gift giving can be fun, and uh, this is gonna help. And me. also dangerous. Yes. If you dangerous. give the wrong gifts, there can be messages sent, intentional or unintentional. So. Pastor, you may or may not have a, well, a story from the but archives. Like, to his defense, I feel like he had the right heart. Oh, you know, oh like that's a really sweet setup to I'm this just story. To help uh, just so you I'm know, this is a little bit you. of a setup right here, right now. <laughs> it's a little bit of a setup, and, and I hope that you think, man, if that idiot can make it, anybody can make it. <laughs> just but, remember, um, thirty years we've made it. Thirty years. Ja so January twenty is my my beautiful's birthday, and yeah. every year, you know, it's, it's like thirty. This is this is. In fact, I've been buying her gifts for 32 years because we dated before we got yeah. married. And, um, and so I'm like, man, like 32 years, you know, you kind of check the box of 
what to buy. I'm like, what do I get her this year? And so I was in Texas and I went into a store and I really felt good. And so I said to Leanne, you know, parents were over from Australia, I said, babe, I'm going to take you out for, for dinner, just one-on-one, and, uh, and I'm going to give you a gift. I haven't felt this excited since. And then all of a sudden I remember the last time I felt that euphoria, I felt that excitement, was on our very first birthday when we were married. Leanne had just turned 18. Birthday. We'd been married five months or six months. And, uh, and I was so excited because... I was so stupid. Leanne would always say to me, and I didn't realise she wanted reassurance. She'd always say, oh, I've put on so much weight. Does my butt look big in theirs? And i go, well, from some... Am you know, I, like I was just so stupid. Thighs fat, that yeah. is the one time God says lie. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. And, uh, and so... There's some so, caveats. So yeah. she, she kept talking about, oh, I feel like I've put on all this weight and, you know, my thighs and my butt. And so, so this one night we're watching late night TV and, you know, they have the infomercials. Yeah. And the infomercial comes on. Do you People have flabby unsightly... You know, do you want to lose the thigh blaster? And they always have, they always have models who have never used the thigh blaster. Right. That they, they have that, you know, and I'm like, oh my gosh, for four easy payments of $29.95, you could own the thigh blaster. You know, blast away those unsightly. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is unbelievable. So I call up, I'll take one, you know, give them the credit card. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, thank you, you're laughing. So anyway, so. It comes, and then I had a friend of mine, friend of mine who worked in a high-end department store, and they do gift wrapping. So I took it in. Even that idiot didn't talk me out of it. <laughs> I got this for my wife, and he's like, "Yeah, I'll gift wrap it for you, Pastor." Yeah. And so we got, I got not a, a gift wrap. Had a big he bow on it, and I remember, you know, opening the door. Honey, sit up. And I just thought, I've never bought a gift that was in like the box was a massive box. And Leanne's like, oh my gosh, what is it? Because it's a big box. Because a boy's brain is big, is good, small, is bad. Yeah. Pastor, all of us in this room, this feels like a slow train wreck happening. Yes. It's like we're watching it. We're trying to stop it. We can't. All right, continue. So 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 I've seen men, you know, with these tiny little, you know, little boxes with a little thing on them, like... How could that be good at small? <laughs> it just happens to be from a high-end jewelry store, and she's excited. I'm like, what? I don't and so I'm thinking, box big, big box, big, better, small. And so anyway, so you know, she's like, I don't even want to, you know, damage the paper because you know, gift wrap. Can I keep the bow, honey? You can keep the bow. And then you know, she turns the first piece of paper and it says the word thigh, and I'm like. And she's kind of looking at me all curious like this. And then she gets the paper on this side and goes like that and it says, blaster. <laughs> and then I just watch your little bottom lip go, you think I'm fat. Oh, I know. And I'm like, feel sorry for me. <laughs> Danger. Warning. Will Robinson does not compute. What the heck is going on right now? Why is this not good? What is wrong with my male brain? But you know what? It was, <laughs> but. it was a beautiful lesson to learn early because you've, you have only gone up from there. I mean, it was an easy place to grow from. Right. So you can only grow. go up from there. How do you yeah. go down from there? Yeah. yeah. Almost impossible. That's yeah. Really but this year advice. I got it right. This year, but I was nervous. I'm like, oh, crud. 
Like, what if the gift I got her this year, which was oh, no. a little clutch purse, what if, because this is the last time, but thank God I got it right. So in 30 years, you win. So you Jesus transforms even the dumbest among us. And that's going to help some people out. Valentine's Husbands is that's about it. a week away. So uh, oh, smaller wow. is better. This, is, this yeah. is actually an important thing to, yeah. to make mention of because women can even say, oh, I don't want anything. It's fine. It's just a commercialized holiday. Oh. Never, ever, ever. No. Even I don't want anything. This is means Always. you better be getting me something. Well, it doesn't even, sometimes it doesn't because here's the truth. Some women's self-esteem is so abolished by the world that they have no expectation. But how beautiful that you blow her mind and her expectations. I know you said we're not doing anything, but how could I go past Valentine's Day without honouring you? Yeah. And, and I think for a lot of the men, your wives probably know that you love her. But taking it one step further, do you cherish her? Do you make her feel loved? Can you honour her by getting the flowers, making the date night, organising the babysitter? It's oftentimes, hey, I want to go on a date night. Okay, well, let's go. But in a woman's mind, there are like 14 things that need to happen before that date can happen. So imagine if you organised all of them in advance, called a restaurant in advance. This is not even about how much money you spend. It's how much effort you make. So don't excuse yourself out of it by saying, well, we just don't have the funds. Well, do you have the funds to get a, a bottle of two-buck chuck or something from Trader Joe's and some nice sandwiches and sit on the beach? Yes, you do. So it's that effort will just put such collateral in her account. And I think we can, with the busyness of life, forget and a woman will forget herself. So, so men, it's your job to remind her of how valuable she is to you. And, and I, think it is, I think it is a, it's a yeah. symbol of value. And if I was honest with you, thank God for uh, girlfriends. Yeah. So I'm able to ask some of, some of Leanne's friends, I'm stumped. Like I'm, and then they'll say, well, you know, I just noticed she was talking about this or really likes that. The, the wise men uh, in the Bible is the wise men for a reason. Yeah. Jesus wasn't asking for anything. As far as we know, Mary and Joseph didn't send a telegram saying, hey, when you come, bring. But when they came to Jesus, they came, and the Bible says, and they opened their gifts. So that they, they, they didn't come to Jesus just to worship. They came worshiping, and they opened their treasures, and they gave gifts to him of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And I think that... Uh, in a marriage, if you want to keep, uh, if if you want to keep the, the the flame of honor, the Bible says husbands to honor their wives. Uh, if you want to keep the flame of love, husbands love your wives. That there's no greater way than the act of gift giving. And I remember the story Bill yeah. Hybels, who had a has a great church up in Chicago or had a great church, Willow Creek, was telling his wife one day that he, he kind of walked in from church with a big bouquet of flowers. And his wife's like, oh my God, they're so beautiful. And she's getting the vase and she's filling it with water and she's about to put the flowers in there. But being a man, he kind of throws a Jürgen in there. And he says, oh yeah, honey. And you wouldn't believe how cheap I got them. He uh -oh. said, yeah, I was just driving along. And on the other side of the road, they had one of those, you know, and because it was so late in the day, they must have been selling them. So I got these flowers. You know, if I went into a, another, like a, 
um, uh, a bit, a florist. Florist. They'd be, you know, $100, but I got them for like 25 that And she runs. said the next minute he, you know, she threw the bouquet of flowers at him. And because yes. to the man brain, he thought, no, I thought you'd be impressed that I got you a beautiful bunch of flowers, but look at the money I saved on. I wouldn't have done it. it except they were $25 instead of 100 yeah. I'm not spending 100 on you. And so, so women, but that's, he wasn't saying that. He thought she'd, yeah. she'd rejoice right. in his yeah. thriftiness, but he didn't. Yeah. So, yeah. Women seem to rejoice in their thriftiness like when they're shopping, like, oh, my God, I saved look at this outfit. So look money. what I saved, right? Uh, it doesn't work the other way when you're buying something for your wife. No. Yeah. And it's, and it's, 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 it's. Well, at it's, least don't tell her. Yeah, don't yeah, tell that's her. It. Don't, don't tell it her. But, but it's a psychological <laughs> thing because, you know, um, while we were yet sin as Christ died for us. So this, this, there's a psychology in, in our soul that, that you are worth what somebody is willing to sacrifice. And, and that's why I, I like, I like birthdays. I like Christmas. I, I like, uh, Valentine's Day, even though I am as nervous as, and that's why I thank God for gift receipts. Um, but they, are, they yes. are moments, believe it or not, they are moments where you can sacrifice, where you can, can show your spouse again. And quite often, it's, it's been many, many years, Leanne says, hey, listen, I don't need anything. I don't want anything. Once I didn't do that and I realized afterwards, oh, no, she doesn't mean that. Right. It's, it's a challenge. I don't need anything. I don't want anything. Please. You interpret. You see that there's something that you think that right. would bless me. That would, and that's how you... Laddie came into my world. He got me a dog. <laughs> oh, can I tell that story? No, yes. that's too long. Well, it, I want to tell. I want to tell one thing about because you you asked. No, he'll go. <laughs> every story reminds him of a story. Don't feel <laughs> that sorry. That reminds me of. Exactly. We'll be here forever. I want. I want to talk about. I want to talk about gratitude from a, a wife to a husband too, because I have found that one of the keys that unlocks his value as my husband and a man is being grateful. And I think gotcha. that there's a fine line between, I, my, I have a self-worth where I, I know what I'm worth and I'm valued and I'm cherished, but I never wanna be entitled. Mm. And, and the difference between, um, a healthy person and an unhealthy person in that end is that spirit of entitlement. And I don't like it when I see wives say, well, yeah, yeah, you should have. I deserve it. I'm just like, ooh, you're missing the point. So even, uh, even if he gets me something which I, I don't like, I, I would never in a million years go, um, it's all right, I'd really prefer something else. I'm over the moon. I'm, I'm searching for the gift receipt, but to his face... <laughs> I'm like, babe, you are so amazing, and I mean it. Yeah. He is. I wish everybody could have a husband like I have. Like, and I think the effort is worth honouring, regardless of whether he, he nailed it on the gift end. Like, that means nothing to what I want to know. Do you see? Do you care? And, and I want him to know, likewise, I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for how hard you work. I'm grateful that... You have, when we got married, we had not two cents to, to rub together, but he's always been a good steward with our money. He's been an incredible visionary. So even though we started off in the poor house, you know, God, through his faithfulness, has, has given me a life that I could never have imagined. And I always want to be thankful 
for that. So, so maybe that honour and that gratitude towards your husband is going to be the key that unlocks him. Nobody wants to, to work their butt off to feel like they're just getting a meh when yeah. they get home. That's so ugly. And, and entitlement is a spoiler of marriage. I think there's other ways also... Definitely. I know just as I want to be honoured and cherished Valentine's Day and anniversaries, the key to his heart is how engaged I am in the romance in the bedroom department. And it, right. it's, worth, it's worth mentioning. This is taking a good turn. I yeah. like this. I think it's important for, for there to be an intentionality um, in that area also because yeah. it's important. Yeah. And it's amazing. 30 yeah. years in, like the greatest gift is still her. Yeah, that's yeah. it. I don't, need, I don't need anything else, just her. You are the gift. But can I just say just a little, little bit on, on that? Um, over the years, you know, we've seen marriages and council marriages and, um, you know, we have a wonderful pastoral care department in our church, but Leanne and I feel that, um, that our, first, our first area of discipleship is to our wonderful team. And, uh, the, the, you know, when Jesse and Kat, when their marriage is thriving, we're women. Yeah, yeah. When Samuel and Katie, Dr. Matt and Michaela. So we, we kind of, but we know that you can't, you can't teach what you're not living. Right. And so we, we, you know, learned some lessons over the years. And one of the biggest lessons was, and this is probably going back maybe 15, 15 mm-hmm. 20 years, where Leanne said, we were just fighting all the time. She's like, what do you want? What do you want? And I said, I want a cheerleader. Yeah. And Leanne's like, it's the short skirts. And I'm like, kind of. But uh, <laughs> it was so funny because we just come back from a Chargers game and my brother-in-law was, he didn't understand, you know, American football, but he was quite enamored with, the wow, cheer- the cheerleaders. And what I, what I noticed was that the cheerleaders were cheering, not just when they were winning. Right. Yeah. yeah. In fact, the cheerleading, yeah. they, they were cheering defense when we were, when we were, when, you know, we were like on our 10 yard line and, or, you know, they were like first and goal. And the, 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 and, and then I really felt the Holy Spirit say, that's, and I'm like, my God, like, it's, it's so easy because a woman has a beautiful voice. God gave her that voice, but that voice can nag. And nagging and complaining are poor substitutes for encouragement, appreciation, and even prayer. But it's amazing how the enemy will hijack your voice through emotions or through deficit, where you will nag, try to nag the man into who he is. Wow! It's you know it's an amazing lesson that I learned was if if uh, it was from a book called How to How to Have Confidence and power when dealing with people. And they said, if you've got to dig a hole in your, your yard and the neighbor you know, sticks his head out, what are you doing? You know, you're digging a hole. Uh, if, you, if, if you say to him, man, I got no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, this, this is some heavy lifting. I don't know if I've got the muscles for it. You don't know how to dig it. He'll literally jump up and go, yeah, let me show you. I could do this all day. I'm not even breaking this. He'll dig the entire hole for you. Just because you, you set it up with encouragement. And there's, there's something about encouraging. If you say to, to a man, uh, that garage, when are you going to get around? To, I've been after you. He ain't going to clean the garage. 
But if you, if, when he gets out of the shower and go, my God, look at your muscles. Have you been working out? Well, not, not really. It's kind of natural. This is a word. Wow. Like, oh, I reckon you'd probably clean the garage out in under an hour with those. I'm going to do it in 45 minutes. Time me now. Honey, at least wrap the towel around you. No. You know, it's like, so there's something, there's, there, there are just keys. There are keys to unlocking a man. Nagging, nagging shuts down a man, but praise and cheer, even when you're losing. The greatest gift, and Leanne has been phenomenal, the greatest gift on the days where I was losing, on the days where I felt lost, on the days where I felt alone, the days where I felt like all my friends and everything had left, I had a cheerleader saying, come on defense, hey, it looks like the enemy's overwhelming, they're first and goal. Even if they they score the touchdown, we're gonna kick off and we're gonna have another shot. And so everyone needs that. Incredible. You know, when you talk about like love languages, things of that nature, you know, that Katie and I, uh, over 18, going on 19 years of marriage now. And, and I think that was some of our biggest lessons, right? Like me realizing what quality time was, I had no clue. And uh, her learning the concept of words of affirmation, all that type yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah. But exactly what you're saying, one of the things I've loved is it's one of the most enduring things as Katie began to go, okay, I'm not really a words of affirmation person, but I'm gonna begin to develop that muscle, right? I'm gonna begin to say those things. I'm gonna begin to use my words in a way. And sometimes she would say things, I'd be like, oh, nice try, that was cute, you know? Like, uh, but I try to keep that inside, you know, that thought. Because to me, the fact that she's stepping out to yeah. invest yeah. Yeah. And, and then vice versa when, you know, we're going to create space for each other. And I think that um, there, there's so many ways that this can, this can apply. But as each side of the relationship is trying to stretch, so let's say even after a day like today, you got a key or two, you feel convicted about something maybe, and you're going to try to attempt this week to try some of this stuff. So when your husband tries that, allow him. When your wife tries, allow them. Because otherwise we get into like, oh, that didn't feel sincere. Oh, that wasn't real. Oh, I can't believe. Oh, now you want to be nice to me. Uh, Oh, you know, all that type of stuff. And we just keep these cycles of going back around the same issues and never really getting the opportunity to allow each other to grow past where you currently are. I love that. And I I 100% agree. And even in our relationship, I think because of the busyness for kids, he came to me one day and he said, "You're you're not affectionate to me. And I had to stop for a second and... First, the first thing came into my head, like, well, do you know my life? But like all these things and all these reasons why what he was expecting of me wasn't fair. And then I just stopped and I thought, I, I want him for the rest of my life and I want him happy. Like I, I want my husband to be, to be happy. Yeah. And so I would intentionally, it wouldn't come naturally in the beginning, but I would intentionally just put my arm on his shoulder, rub his neck, kiss him and say, I love you. I love you. And, you know, it, it, I think in the beginning it felt like, well, I'm doing this because he wants me to. But then very quickly that action became who I was. Yeah. So I, I do it all the time yeah. now because yeah. and I think it's that, a value. I think that one of the things that's, you know, probably only Dr. Brian will teach, 
but it, it's amazing how many marriages struggle uh, when the introduction of children. Yeah. And what I found was there was a season where I lost my wife. Yeah. She was my child's mother. mother. Mm. And so she was mama, mama, mama. And she was so exhausted from being mama that I lost wife. Right. And so, yeah. and that's, that's where, the, you know, sometimes oh, I can't believe he cheated on her. He, you know, she had, you know, two of his children, three of his children, four of his children. And then he went up and it's, it wasn't that this was an intentional thing. It was just she was so exhausted from being a mama. And so what I found that if I wanted her to have energy left over, I better help with the mama duties. Right. And, uh, and just, you know, and so it might be as simple as finding the money to hire a nanny or a babysitter for, for one day, one night a week so that I could take her out, love on her, give her a break from the kids, give her a break from the chores, and then reconnect as husband and wife. And I think that's, that's a real important key because it can be... She's a magnificent mama and a wonderful woman, but you've got to be intentional. And I, I began to realise, wow, I've lost my wife mm. because she's such a great mama. Mm. And the devil will always try to get in that and leverage it. I'm not sure if I'm... Am I that's super no, that's good. Okay, yeah. so relevant. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. really, really good. And I, I think as we kind of begin to wrap up, because this red clock is now talking Uh-oh. to us here. Um, you know, I... Earlier when you guys were talking about honor a little bit, and it's a conversation we've been talking around. I remember years back being in a Gary Smalley, like marriage relationship seminar. And he said, hey, to the men, when your wife walks in the room, start practicing this honor response. Just like if you saw some celebrity walk in, you're like, <gasps> and like it like takes your breath away. Like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe they are in the room right now. Begin to do that when your wife walks in and watch what happens. She walks in the room, <gasps> Oh my God, I, Katie, I cannot believe I'm in the room with you right now, Aww, right? You know what I'm beautiful. saying? Like, watch, watch what that starts doing. But, but it's the simplicity of that, and, and I, I think, I, obviously, we want you guys to pray and, and, and minister to, to rather than be like, uh, I'll wait till I'm married to go to some relation. No, no, now's the time, right? But if you're, in, if you're married right now, maybe you're newlyweds and you're just so in love, maybe you've been in this thing 19 years, 30 years, and may, maybe you're still as in love, or maybe some of those fires have, have grown cold. And I think honor, you know, there's something, you know, the gifts, the intentionality, Finding ways to go, hey, I'm not going to just settle. Well, you know, we've been married for a while, so we just don't do gifts anymore. Oh, date nights are for newlyweds. Oh, you know, things like that. No, let's, let's be intentional to keep stirring. And maybe even some resuscitation needs to happen. Yeah. I love that word you used, don't settle. And I, I, I actually feel like it's a word from God to our church this, this year. It's what I've been preaching um, don't settle. Don't settle for a, a marriage that's okay. Like one of the questions on the list that we didn't get to was, should we just stay together for the kids? Sure, it's a good start. Stay together, fight for your marriage, keep your family together, but don't settle there. Yeah. Right, yeah. We're settling yeah, at the place of we're here yeah. for the kids. What about have the greatest love affair you could possibly right. have while you're on planet Earth with the one that you're in covenant with? Now I realize that there are many different stories in this room that are unique, but, but I want you to just open your, your heart and your mind to the, to the leading of the Lord right now. Maybe you're married 
and, but there's deficits and you've just said, well, I guess this is as good as it gets. Well, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. Our marriage is testament to that. Probably at about year, year five or six after we'd just come out of a pretty full-on season in New Zealand, our marriage was not at its greatest and I had actually settled in my heart. Well, you know, I guess this is what marriage looks like. But then God really shook me out of that lie and that deception and said, I, do you really think I'm content with you guys just not getting divorced? Do, don't you think I want you to love, have the greatest love affair of all time with the man that you were so desperately in love with as when you met him when you were 15? Like, really? Come on, Leanne, like wake up to yourself. And I would say that's been the testimony. I am more in love with him now than I have ever been. We have more fun than we've ever had. Um, I, honestly, there is no one I want to be with more than him. And my gratitude to God for shaking me out of any level of settling, but also gratitude for persevering through the hard times. Yes. Like you, you can make it. If you have two committed people who are committed to God with Jesus at the centre. There's nothing you can't come through and you can have the greatest love affair of all time. You don't need to watch the romantic movies to see what love looks like. You can experience it in your own family. You can have it. Just to kind of put a bow on that, I remember, you know, we were part of a, a denomination and basically it went like this, that, you know, divorce was like the great sin in the sense that, if you got divorced, you couldn't hold a credential. Right. So there was, no, there was no instruction. There was no encouragement. There was no teaching. There was no endorsement of have the greatest marriage, have the greatest life together. It was just keep making withdrawals out of your spouse. Right. Keep, and don't get you know, divorced. Go ministry, but yeah. understand if you get divorced, so whatever you do at all costs, avoid divorce because all this time and energy you're sowing into the church and ministry, if you get divorced, you'll lose your credential. It'll all be for nothing. And so, but there was no, there was no, there was no empowering. And so that, that Dr. Gary Smaley, I, I, I wish I went to that, but it's amazing because I would have been the loudest amen. I learned yes. that many, many years ago. I learned that whatever you appreciate raises in value. Wow. You know, when you buy a home, you hope that it appreciates in value. And so what I began to, to just do, I began to realize the power of my words. And so I began to do that, whether, you know, she uh, had just gotten up in the morning, put on a, you know, dress or was getting dressed is even my favorite time uh, to just say, my, I, and there are times where she'll put something on and I'll go, Leanne! I got nothing to do with this. I don't know who this floozy is right now. I've got nothing. To... Give me a kiss. Give me a kiss. My... Leanne, I don't know who she is. I'm going to give you one quick kiss, but then you better get out of here. Leanne, I don't I'm not know. sure whether and... I should feel delighted or insulted at yeah. that point. But, but it's, it's, it's playful banter. It's like, hubba bubba, look at you. And, uh, and if I was honest with you, like I was head over heels in love with her when we first got married, but 30 years later, I'm like, Yep. You are you are ten x more beautiful than when we first and, got married, and you've had yeah. four kids and what? And we've weathered it all. Just so you know, we've weathered it all. We've had a, we've had to battle for one of our children's lives as he was caught in the in the depths of addiction for ten years. We've built a church, you know, at, at the very gates of hell during these last two years. Yeah. 
I want you to understand it's not that we've had some easy road and it's been super simple. Yeah. Like we've been committed to God first and that, that's everything. Can you truly be yeah. committed to your spouse if you're not committed yeah. to the Lord first? Right. But then committed to one another. And I would say this, do you know what God hates even more than divorce? He hates neglect. He hates abuse. He hates the indifference that happens right. in a marriage. So I want you to understand today, before you even get there, are there things that are broken there that God... Yes. God wants to fix, to actually give you a, a marriage that yeah. is so much more like Maybe heaven than hell. Yeah. 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 So. Can, we, can we all stand up? And then if, if, you're with your, if you're with your spouse, grab her hand, his hand. Together, we love you guys. Are you thankful to have pastors like this who care about us? And speak life into our relationships and marriage. My wife and I are better because of you guys as well. And we're so thankful we love for you. you. Yeah. Which one did you want me to pray into? Okay, yes. All right. Lift your hands, everyone. Yes. Yeah. I think, I think for some people, even if I can speak prophetically right now, the word divorce is coming up more than it should, but it, it's not the answer and it's not the solution. And maybe there's guilt or... There are things that are broken because of neglect and indifference and just not loving the one that God has has brought to you. And even today you've heard some tips and some keys and they can seem simple and there's been fun and there's been laughter, but they are they will change the game if you apply them. Yeah. If you just take one thing today, like Jesus said to the rich young ruler, one thing you lack. If from today's message and conversation, you could take one thing and apply it to your marriage right now. I wonder how things would change and shift. I wonder if you had the same eyes that you had when you were dating and you couldn't see anyone else but them and they were everything you hoped for and, and dreamed of. Could you go back there, return to that first love place and do the deeds that you did at first? Father, I thank You right now that You are mending what's yes, broken. Yes, yes, yes. Father, You love and You are committed to each man and each yes. woman, even yes. those who are here and single. And even as we're speaking, you're thinking about regrets you have of things you did or didn't do. And, you know, to You, I say there is no condemnation. Move forward with God. With God, everything can be restored and made beautiful again. But Father, right now, I thank You that You are the mender, the healer, the fixer. And Jesus, we exalt You as the third and most important chord in our threefold chord today. And we know that a threefold chord is not easily broken. Father, for those hanging by a thread today, Father, I thank You that Your grace meets them on every end that the Holy Spirit right now would minister to every heart, every marriage. Father, those things that need to be forgotten will stay stay forgotten. They will not be dragged into yeah, yeah. the future to, to destroy the days ahead. But God, they will be left in the past. It's done, it's over, it's, it's finished. Leave it there. Move forward into a great new glorious day with Jesus at the centre. Father, I thank You right now. You are mending, You are building bridges, Father, where they need to be built yeah. in Jesus' name. And I pray name. for all Amen. the men. I pray for all the men, all the men, all the men, all the men. And let me just encourage all the men, your, your bride, your wife is God's shaping tool to bring out of you 
to cause you to rise, to cause you to become greater than you could ever be. The first thing God said that wasn't good was for man to be alone. She will teach you how to, how to love her. She will teach you how to become a nurturer. You have blind spots. When I got married to Lenny, there were things that I was completely ignorant of, oblivious to. But learning to listen, learning to hear, learning to, to see something that wasn't even rating on my values chart as something that is high value to her, learning to, to prefer will develop, will bring things out of you. It'll make you a better leader. It'll make you a better entrepreneur. It'll make you a better manager. It'll make you a better human. It'll make you a better friend. It'll make you a better person. She is God's gift to you. And if you will lean in and listen, if you will lean in and listen, what's her, the price of a spouse, the price of a spouse, or the gift of a spouse carries a responsibility. There's a price tag. And it's you preferring their needs over yours. You discovering, what, what, how do I minister? Not what am I getting? Well, I'm not happy and I'm not. If you make your spouse the focus, you will live a blessed, happy, overflowing, abundant life. So Father, I thank you for people today. And Father, I thank you, Lord God, that the answer to all of this is Jesus Christ. Yes. It's the Spirit of the living God. You can't get this from the feminist movement. You can't get this in universities. This only comes from the house of God, from the Spirit of God, interpreting the beautiful Word of God to put life, power, and strength. I, I rebuke divorce and I rebuke all of those, those things that have come to destroy marriages and to tell people it's over. He'll never change. She'll never change. I break those lies. God is able to raise from the dead. Lazarus was dead for four days. It was over. But I'm telling you, Jesus says, roll away the stone. The stone represents it's over. The stone represents it's impossible. The stone represents don't even bother going there. No, no, no. If you roll away the stone, if you roll away the stone, roll away the stone. Get rid of the divorce papers. Get rid of the separation proceedings. Get rid of all of that. If you roll away the stone, God can resurrect the dead. You will pinch yourself and say, my God, I had no idea. It's all Jesus. If your life's not right with Jesus, find someone in a high shirt today and say, hey, I need to get my life right with God. I need to come back to God. Father, I thank you for these beautiful people. Thank you for our amazing campus pastors, yes. Pastor Samuel and Katie. Amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.